Hi, Pastor Greg here. I'm the pastor of the Jordan Assembly of God Church. You are either listening to the podcast version or you can also watch it live streaming on YouTube or recorded VOD of it. This is a new series and we are going to be going through the book of Colossians. I hope you enjoy this series. So without further introduction, the book of Colossians. And in Deuteronomy, um, chapter 29, verse 29. And just to kind of give you a little bit of context, Moses is doing a lot of going through some of the things that had happened, the decisions that have been made, the the woes that they have been going through, and the, and the fact that God had to do some things in other people's lives as they were leading the Jews through, and how Moses wasn't going to be able to cross over to the Jordan. And all these things are going on at this point in time. And God is speaking through Moses, and in verse 29, Moses is basically declaring these things, that the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. And we are going to be going through that as well as into all the way into verse 6 of, of chapter 30 in this. And we are going to be discussing a lot about laws, right? We're going to be, you know, like uh, everybody understands a little bit about laws, like Murphy's Law. We all know about Murphy's Law, right? Murphy's Law is if anything could happen, will happen. That's Murphy's Law. Has anybody heard of Cole's Law? That's thinly um, shaved cabbage with some mayo. You think about that one. It's a really bad joke. But at any rate, I I gotta start out in the bad way. So just just so that you understand this. So so but laws are very interesting when it comes to things because laws, you know, it 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 dictates how we actually handle. For instance, the law of this world. Okay? The law of this world is really truly garnered around money. Right? Okay? And this is going to make sense here in a little bit because God makes it very clear about something and this is what this is what does it. Okay? Once you understand that the law in this world is developed about people making money, keeping money, and making more money, you will understand why God says you cannot serve mammon and God. If when money becomes the priority, if money is the priority, not that we don't use money, we need money to survive and to live. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about being successful. I'm talking about where money becomes what you do and why you do what you do. Okay? And so... In this world, the law very much in regard. Once you wrap your mind around the fact that companies and businesses are designed for making money, keeping money, and making more money. Okay? And so once you understand that, that really, quite honestly, that's kind of the whole goal, then you understand what the laws of businesses, you understand what they're doing, and you understand the way they go about it. And so once you understand that, you understand what the, the law of the world is. 
And so there's a lot of perception that, well, people should just be out there helping one another. Totally. It's exactly what God says. God says that, that you know, love one another, right? Care for one another. Unfortunately, the world's laws and those things don't quite coalesce with what God is saying. So we are going to be learning a little bit more about how God's law is, remember in verse 29, that we may do all the words of his law. If you were following after the complete Jewish Bible, it would say Torah. Okay? And so we're going to be learning more about that. So, um, Colossians part 7, that you may live. Let's pray really quick and then we'll get on to the rest of the things. Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you for everything you do. And as we go through this, Father, I pray that you may be glorified in our hearts and in our minds. And I pray, Father, that we may have a wonderful time studying your word. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to look at God and what is his primary goal. He gave us a law, but what was the primary goal in his law when he gave it? And so, talking to the Jewish people, Moses is still expounding upon what God is actually saying to them. And you will find that in Deuteronomy, it kind of goes back and forth of, of Moses expounding upon what God is saying. And then basically kind of when God is kind of coming in and, and basically making statements through Moses. And in verse 1 of chapter 30, Now it shall come to pass, when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 1. Heading on into verse 2. The blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God drives you. And you return to the Lord your God and obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul, that the Lord your God will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. If any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will bring you. Then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. He will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. And listen to this, and the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. So at the very start of this, let's break this down. In verse 29, the secret things belong to God. The things that are not revealed belong to God. By the Jews specifically, Moses, we now know the secret things that must be revealed by God. And then the very next thing, what are known things, specifically revealed things that, that are something that we sh are supposed to be doing something with. So the hidden things need to be revealed by God, cannot be revealed by anybody else. It can't be revealed by, by any other mode other than through God. And in verse 2, or in, in my second point, what are the known things, and these are that are revealed. And we are not talking about we figured them out. We're not talking about we reasoned them out. It is that God revealed it. And what does it say? Do all 
the words of this law. And once again, I, I repeat the fact that if you're reading in the complete Jewish Bible, it would say, to observe all the words of this Torah. Then God makes a timeline, and he says that he's going to, after these events happen, after all the things that God has said will happen to them, the captivity, the good times, the captivity, all those things, after those things are happening, then, in verse 6, God will circumcise your hearts. So before we have the law that governs, these are the things that you need to follow, and this is a circumcision and the circumcision of the flesh. But then God is, is saying, then I will circumcise your hearts. Why? That you may live. God is literally saying that the rules that he has set in place are prerequisites, are requirements for the flesh to be able to serve, but you cannot find life in the laws. You cannot find life in those. The only way you find life is in God. And the only way you find God is if God circumcises your heart. That you may live. That you may love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Hold on, wait a minute. I seem to recall this. Doesn't this sound very familiar? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Do you remember that? Isn't that something very important? I'm almost thinking that that may happen to be the very first commandment that we are supposed to do. But what God is saying is that the very first commandment that he wrote down, the only way that you can do that is if you have a circumcised heart. That seems very intriguing, doesn't it? Here's the law. Here's the prerequisite. But it's like God is saying, I am putting this out there, but you need to realize something. I'm telling you right now, this is in Deuteronomy, Old Testament. We're not in Matthew. We're not in Mark. We're not in Luke. We're not in John. Jesus hasn't come yet. He's telling them right there that God is the source. That yes, I follow the laws, and yes, I follow the rules. But my heart needs to follow after God. How many people do you know that follow after laws and follow after rules just because they're following after laws and rules, not because they want to, but because they have to? Well, turns out human beings have been pretty much doing that a lot. We as human beings... We have a tendency to look at what needs to have happen and we make a choice. We either follow the laws and the rules or we don't follow the laws and the rules and, and we make a choice to whether or not we care about those things. When I first came to Montana, um, you'll know this if anybody knows me, but um, and if you've ever driven uh, from the Idaho border going on down all the way through into Montana, you will understand when I tell you that when I got to Great Falls, and instead of going uh, west to go back into Washington and Oregon, I went north. 
And as I'm traveling north, it's completely dark, which, by the way, in Montana, it gets way darker here than I have ever seen on any planet. You can try to convince me otherwise. But when the sun goes down in Montana, it goes down. And we're just driving along and whatever and everything else like that, and I see this flag. And I look over at Jen, and I say, Jen, what flag is that? And she's like, it's the Canadian flag. And I'm like, what is the Canadian flag doing near the American flag? I don't understand this. This is too weird. So we drive into this rest area that's right next to the Canadian and American flag, and we go into the rest area, and it says, you are here. We're supposed to be here. We're here. And as I'm traveling back, obviously I want to make up a little bit of time because I'm a little bit tad tired. And I may have been going a little bit faster than probably what I should have. And pretty soon this very, very, very uh, interesting lights shine behind me. And they're flashing. And so I do what any good red-blooded American do. Put on the gas. No, I'm kidding. I did not do that. I pulled, I, don't worry, Peg, it's okay. I did, all right. I pulled over the vehicle. And Jed's looking at me, how fast were you going? And I'm like, I, I, wanted, I wanted to get home. All I had. The police officer comes over. Very pleasant, by the way. You have some, you know, and maybe there's not very many, but here in Montana, you have some of the best, best highway patrol people who are very, very, what I found to be respectful. Now, maybe your experience is not the same as mine. Um, I actually made it very much a, of a, um, a goal of my life to not meet the highway patrol with lights behind me as much as possible. So I'm just saying. So at any rate, so he comes up and he tells me you know, and he asked me, and we go through this whole entire thing, and I admit to them that, yes, I, 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 was, I was going over the speed limit. And I said, this is what was going on, and, and whatever. And he had compassion on me. He didn't give me a ticket, thank the good Lord. And, and he said, uh, Mr. Wolf, you need to just, you know, keep it, keep, keep the speed limit. Just keep on going down this road. You'll find where you need to go and have a safe journey home. And the most pleasant, because I was so stressed, I was so tired, I was so weary, and he was just very, very, very nice. And you know what? Because of the way I was treated, I wanted to follow and obey the rules of the law and the rules of the road, not because the speed limit said it, but because I wanted to respect that officer. When you take the law and you do it because you want to do it, because you have the need in your heart to do it, that's what we're talking about. And it's saying that God himself will circumcise your heart. Why? so that you may love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Why? So that you might live. 
In the movies, in the books, they all situate these gods of the world and whatever, and they're all bent on destruction. They're all bent on hurting people. They're, most of them are bent on doing all these things. But the God of creation, the God of heaven and earth, the God that created you and created me is not about destroying, but that you may live. And God set that in place. Not man, not religions, not philosophy. It's God saying. So, why the law? Well, if you will flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Keep going. Acts, Romans. Then right after Romans, you have 1 Corinthians. And you're looking for chapter 15 in, in 1 Corinthians. And you're looking for verses 56. And we're going to be looking at verses 56 through 57. And it says this. So why the law? This is the, this is the question we're answering. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. Notice that. So the sting of death is sin. That separation from God. And the strength of sin is found in the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus conquered sin. No more sting. Jesus conquered death. No more victory for death. However, to know the significance of this, we need to acknowledge the weight of the sin and the price that was paid, and the only way to know that is the law. Let's keep on going with the whole speeding thing since I've already been honest about the fact that I got pulled over, so I'm just going to go with that. If I was speeding and I did not see any speed limit signs, I do not know anything that's going on, I get pulled over, the police officer then informs me that I was speeding. I said I didn't see any speed limit signs. Um, and the officer says, well, I'm sorry that you didn't see the speed limit signs, but you were speeding, and this was the speed that you were going. I then go to the judge. The reason why I now know the weight of the judgment that the judge is going to do is because of what? I'm going to go through that scenario again. Just in, just in case. I do not know the speed limit. I get pulled over. I get told I'm going over the speed limit. I go before the judge. How do I know the weight of the charges against me? How do I know? I didn't know that I was going over the speed limit until when? The officer informed me that I was going over the speed limit. And because I was informed about the fact that this is the reason why I was in trouble, so that when I actually went to the judge, I understood the weight of the judgment against me. And when you understand the weight of the judgment against me, I understand why I'm there. I understand why the judge is looking at me. And I understand what the consequences are. 
the law, the Torah, what God put in place, gives the weight of the law, gives the weight of the sin that is in my life. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But here's the thing. If you excuse it, if you try to make light of it, if you try to say, I have not sinned, or if you have tried to say that my sin is not as great as another person, when you understand the weight of the sin that is in your life, you understand then and acknowledge and understand that the price that was paid on the cross for your sin so that when you're standing in front of the judge, you understand that the blood that covers over your sin, that when you, when you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the price that was paid, you understand. That's why when John was talking about his deal and he says, any person who says, I have not sinned, makes God to be a liar and basically does not have the truth, does not dwell in them. Because without the law, I wouldn't know the weight of what happened when Jesus Christ died on the cross. You may think coming to know Jesus is really easy. But when you understand the weight of the sin, and here's the thing, it is not my job to tell you the weight of the sin. Oh, no, no, no. That is the relationship that you have with God through the Spirit of God in you. That as you walk, you will understand more and more and more exactly how God has saved your life. But you gotta walk it. You gotta live it. And you understand that God is the one that circumcises the heart. Now, you don't have to turn back to Deuteronomy. But did you notice something that is missing in Deuteronomy? In the law, it gives very clear details of exactly what circumcision is and, and what to do, when to do it, how to do it, what age to do it, everything else like that. But God says, I will circumcise your heart. Remember the hidden things? Remember when we talked about it? Now think, now rewind yourself all the way back before Jesus was crucified. Rewind yourself all the way back and you are, you are a person and God, Moses is telling you this, that God will circumcise your heart. He does not mention how. The hidden things are for God to reveal. He does not mention how. So in Colossians, you're probably wondering, Greg, when are you going to get to Colossians? I'm getting to Colossians right now. So if you want to flip over to Colossians chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses 11 through 15. After Jesus, in the previous verses, after Paul had proven the fact that Jesus is our completeness, that Jesus completes me, that Jesus is your completeness, that my identity is found in Jesus. It is not found in anything else, but that my identity is found in him. And in verse, in Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 11, in him you were also, oh, wait a minute, here we go, 
In him you are also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Now, you may just read that and you're like, well, that's really cool, Greg. I understood that. That's, you know, whatever. Okay, what if you were to rewind all the way back and you understood that you had read that history, that in the book of Deuteronomy, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of years earlier, that God had said, I will circumcise your heart. And you fast forward and you say, that is the fulfilling of God's prophecy to the people. That God will circumcise your heart. That you may live. And in verse 12, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, that would be the law that delivered the weight of sin, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The secret is Jesus the very thing that was talked about by Moses in Deuteronomy, revealed by God, that I will circumcise your heart, is revealed and found in Jesus, that your completeness is found in Jesus, that your circumcision is found in Jesus, and that you may now, understanding Jesus, you may now love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I could not obey the very commandments of God without God. I was going in Sunday school class and we were talking about the vine dresser and we were talking about the vine. And one of the major things that down in there, it says you need to realize that without Jesus, you can do nothing. And now I even know more what that means because I can literally do nothing without Jesus. There is no amount of things that I can do without Jesus. And in verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. This comes to light way more, and we're going to end today. I am ending. This I promise you. comes a lot more in Ephesians. So if you turn to the left, you find if you find Galatians, you've gone too far, like I did. In Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Look at, listen to this. 
but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, which, by the way, Jesus has completely disarmed. So when you face your your greatest enemy, when you face your greatest enemy, Jesus disarmed that enemy against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Jesus disarmed them, but you still have to fight. Jesus disarmed them, but you still have to stand. With what? A circumcised heart. Why? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. For what purpose? That you may live. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through the Son. My encouragement is to take this home, pray about it, read about it, and my hope is that you live it. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this day, and I want to thank you for this time. I pray, Father, that we may just have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day, that we may glorify you, and that we may honor you with all of our lives. And protect us as we are out and about today, and bring us back safely. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast or watching this video. I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to listen or watch past broadcasts, you can go to agjordanmt.com. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful day.